When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I am Ryan Bonaparte. And we're back today to cover a Purdue basketball victory. Look ahead to the game against Austin P. that will be coming uh, Friday, November 11th, so the day you are listening to this. And then the second half of the pod, we're going to cover Purdue's game against Illinois. And as always, Ryan and I are going to go on the record, give you our predictions for the outcome of the game. Uh, but first, let's start with the fun stuff. Uh, Ryan, were you able to watch the, the Purdue basketball game uh, against Milwaukee? Uh, I was, and it felt good to have basketball back. It did. It felt really good. Um, you know, the the first few games of the season are always just kind of cupcakes. You know, they're, they're teams you play to come in. But I thought it was interesting that Milwaukee had had a game the day prior um, against the Milwaukee School of Engineers because the head coach said he didn't want his first uh, game to be like a 40-point blowout loss, <laughs> which was, I thought, interesting, maybe like a, a psychological advantage for his team, try to you know get him in the right headspace. Uh, Purdue, of course, uh, didn't really care about that, uh, walked away with an 84-53 to victory. Game was sealed basically within the first four minutes um, you know, never really in question. Was there anybody in particular uh, that stood out to you as having a good game for the Boilermakers? Yeah, I think the main uh, main focus was going coming into the game was going to be on Zach Eady. Yeah. He did not have the scoring output that we all anticipated, but someone who kind of came out of nowhere scoring wise is Fletcher Lawyer. Yeah, the guy just set fire at points. He did only go five of twelve from the three, but it's just it looks so pure out of his hands. Yeah, he's a, he is a great shooter, just a great shooter. Mm-hmm. It's a good look too. And to your point about Zach Eady, um, he looked just disjointed on offense the entire game, um, putting up shots too hard, too soft. Um, I mean, kind of just throwing them behind his shoulder at one point. Um, wound up four for thirteen. 
but was four for four at the free throw line, which is great. Um, also grabbed an incredible 17 rebounds and got six blocks. So he still wound up with 12 points, 17 rebounds, um, six blocks, and two assists. So overall, you look at it that way, it's a pretty good game, but you you don't love the four for 13 because even though Milwaukee had a seven foot one player, it's not as if he was a, a huge talent at seven foot one. So you would you would hope Edie would be able to be a little bit more dominant, but the rest of the team clearly picked up the slack. Um, and as you said, um, Fletcher Lawyer, actually the leading scorer for Purdue, uh, was 17 uh, in the starting lineup in his first first college game. So that is a great start for the young man there. Brandon Newman was the second leading scorer. I was happy to see him. Uh, played 22 minutes, was 6 of 12, and 3 of 8 from deep. So he he seems to be able to maybe found has found his confidence on offense and is willing to take more shots than he was last year. Um, I would love to see him get back in his kind of freshman season role versus the one he had last year where he just vanished for huge stretches. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. For Brandon Newman, it really is all about confidence. You see it in his shot. When he is confident, he can hit from anywhere on the floor. And coming into tonight, you thought it was coming back uh, with how last season ended through the Big Ten tournament, and it really showed. Again, he had just a nice stroke when he shot the ball, and it's in the way he dribbles, actually, is when he takes the ball up and he goes to his mid-range shot, it just comes off of his hands nicely, and it's so much better when he's confident. This team has a higher ceiling with Brandon Newman playing like this, and it's good to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's no, I've made no secret that he, he is one of my, my favorite players on the team, so I really am excited to see him get back into the player that I believe we, we all know that he can be. So uh, the rest of the starting lineup for Purdue, again, two true freshmen in the lineup, which is, is just the starting lineup, which is just bizarre for a Coach Painter team. Uh, both of them, you know, did well. We already talked about Fletcher Lawyer. Um, Braden Smith, only one of six from the floor, but he walked away with uh, seven steals, four assists, four rebounds, and three... Um, and he did have three turnovers. So you can you can kind of expect that as a freshman starting in his first game at point guard. Um, but overall, I thought he looked really good on defense. I loved the defensive intensity overall for this Purdue team. They looked much improved from uh, last year just as far as um, the ability to get their hands on the balls, get in passing lanes, and just kind of disrupt the flow of the offense. And I say that knowing that this was only against Milwaukee. So again, take it with a grain of salt. But I really, really liked the defensive intensity I saw out there. Absolutely. And you saw it with three minutes left in the game when players are diving on the floor to get those 50-50 balls. Yeah. It's really a testament to they want to get the ball and keep it. And for Braden Smith, I've seen the comp already. He's going to be the next Brad Davis, and he looks Ooh. the part. He is a <laughs> so team you're saying, leader. That so you're makes saying everybody else better. is going to hate him? Exactly. He looks like just a pest out there, and it's so nice to have one of those players on your team as long as he's not on anybody else's yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. He makes his teammates better. He may not be the all-world player for scoring, but he doesn't have to be. Like you said, he's got he's uh, 
you know, stuffing the stat sheet everywhere else, seven steals in your first collegiate game yeah. is crazy. He is going to have a very effective career at Purdue. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I know a lot of people compare him to Chris Kramer um, just because of kind of his build and the fact that he's coming in playing point guard as a freshman for Purdue. And there are some similarities to his game, but I think that Braden Smith is already a much better offensive player than Kramer was. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, it's hard to compare their defenses just because of the massive rule, rule changes that have taken place in college basketball between when Kramer played and you could be right up in someone's jersey versus when Smith is playing now with freedom of movement and, you know, you got to stay out of their, their circle and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So the defense he'll play will be quite a bit different, but... If he could get anywhere close to uh, the defensive impact that Chris Kramer had, that would be a blessing for this Purdue team. Right. And among the other players that Purdue had out there, you saw Trey Kaufman-Red had somewhat of an effective game. He looked okay out there. I mean, a lot of it is, it's again, your first collegiate game. you got to get those jitters out. And Brian Waddell, he had a good defensive showing out there, I believe. But... His offensive shot will still have to come under him. I'm not sure a lot of that is still trying to get a little bit higher off of that torn ACL. Yeah, and in addition, I mean, he had an ankle injury as well. So right. any, anytime you have those lower body, lower body injuries as a basketball player, especially a three-point shooter, it can really affect you. So it's something to keep an eye on as the season progresses. But it is just good to see him out there getting minutes. I mean, he got 20 minutes. Um and he may be a guy who who lives on the deep bench for Purdue right now, um, but you just never know when your number could be called. So for Painter to get guys like him early run in the season, I think is really great because it gives them that experience, especially because this team is so young, gives them the experience of real game minutes in front of a real crowd against a real opponent after having played you know, just in practice or in a secret scrimmage for the last year. So it's really good that he was able to spread out the minutes so much uh, no one played more than 29, and that was Braden Smith at 29 versus the next couple folks, uh, Zach Eady and Fletcher Lawyer had 24. So um, everyone in the starting lineup got just over 20 minutes, and then uh, Trey Kaufman-Rin had 19, and Waddell had 20 off the bench. Caleb First had 17, and Brandon Newman had 22. So really good minute distribution. And of course, um, for those of you who didn't watch the game and are confused as to why we did not mention David Jenkins Jr., uh, he took a Mason Gillis either elbow or shoulder to the eye a few days before this game and wound up with one of the ugliest black eyes I've ever seen in my entire life. They showed him on the sidelines, so he did not play in this one. Um, Ryan, can you ever remember ever seeing a black eye that bad? Nope. I mean, he got quite the shiner out of uh-huh. that one. It was it was big and puffy and scary. Yeah, I'm not even sure he could see out of that eye. Mm-hmm. I, I, yep, I, and, yeah, but the medical staff obviously made the correct choice in this game. You want to do what's best for his health, and if that means keep him out against a small team, so be it. Get healthy, get back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, this was a Milwaukee team that was overmatched. There was no sense in bringing him in for a game that really wasn't going to matter, so... We will um, hopefully see him in the game tomorrow. I've not heard one way or the other for sure, um, but you would think a lot of the swelling would have gone down by now. Um, but 
whatever they do, they'll they'll do the right thing for David Jenkins Jr. health, and that's really the most important thing because it'll heal and he'll come back by the time we get into these uh, more difficult games against Marquette and in that Phil Knight tournament that we've got coming up around Thanksgiving. So anything else about this Milwaukee game you want to mention? Just another big day for the paint crew. I know that Mackey has been touted as one of the best environments in college basketball, and there's a reason for it. The students and the fans come out day in, day out, and they make such a nice impact on the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they are uh, great, great fans. Um, you know, some of the best times I had in my time at Purdue were with folks in the paint crew and, and being involved in the paint crew. So always give a shout-out to them. And Mackey Arena is just such a great place to play a basketball game, such a great place to watch a game, and it's really hard for opponents, and that's in large part due to the paint crew. So uh, give them praise anytime I can. There was one more thing I wanted to mention. Purdue's free throw shooting was very, very good in this game. 18 of 22. Um, last year, free throws were a bit of a problem at times, and it would be really great if this team could lock that down and get that 80-plus and above percent as they did in this game. Uh, the starting lineup, in fact, did not miss a free throw. They were 12 of 12, so you'd love to see that from your starters because oftentimes those are going to be your guys who are in at crunch time. So, uh, 12 of 12 from the starters, and then overall 18 for 22. That is pretty great. So there we go. Uh, Purdue's next game, as we said, going to be Friday, November 11th. That would be the day this podcast is released. Uh, this is going to be against Austin P. Do we know anything really about Austin P? Do we need to know anything about Austin P? The only thing that I know about Austin P is that I pronounce the name incorrectly every time I see it. It's <laughs> P-E-A-Y. I always think it's Austin P-A. Which, I mean, makes sense. But mm-hmm. I, I don't even know, is Austin P, like, is he a guy? Is it named after someone? Or is this just, I, I don't know anything about Austin P or why it's named that. Uh, perhaps I'll look that up uh, during the break and have an answer for you afterward because I'm not seeing it uh, in my initial Google search here. Perhaps he was a governor at one point. I believe that's their mascot. Yeah, they're the, the Austin Peay governors. So, so maybe it is. Um, you know, they're named after a governor, and uh, you know, it's one of those again. Without looking it up, I had no idea where Austin P was actually located. I, I couldn't even tell you the state. My my initial guess would be Texas, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Uh, they are a public university in Clarksville, Tennessee. Good to know. So you had the first uh, couple letters of the state, right? But other than that, but hey, I, I don't, I don't blame you. I had no idea either. So uh, mm-hmm. should be another game where Purdue is going to roll to a, an easy victory. So not going to say much about it. We'll at least discuss it on the next pod. But uh, that game is going to be Friday, uh, seven p.m. on Big Ten Network. So be on the lookout for that one. We're going to take a break, come back, and talk about Purdue's game against. Illinois coming up this Saturday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we are back. So, as promised, we're going to talk about Purdue's upcoming game against the Illinois Fighting Illini. Purdue heading into Champaign on Saturday. Going to be a noon kickoff. Um, so this game has lost a lot of luster after um, you know what we thought it was going to be just last week. Um, should Purdue have beaten? Would Purdue have beaten Iowa and Illinois beaten Michigan State? This game would have really been for control of the Big Ten West. But unfortunately, both teams lost last week. Uh, Purdue, of course, we know lost to Iowa, and Illinois lost to uh, Michigan State. So. It's it's not looking as exciting for this matchup, but it's still Purdue going on the road to a Big Ten West opponent, and if they want any chance of winning the West, you know, via tiebreaker and hoping for other teams to lose, this is a game they have to win. Um, I know, Ryan, you're writing the preview uh, of this Illinois team. Obviously, the, the defense stands out. Um, what can you tell me about them, either defense or offense, that really jumps off the page for you? Yep, so for the third week in a row, Purdue gets to play this normal Big Ten West archetype where the team has a very good defense and a very strong rushing attack. And this is probably going to be the best defense Purdue takes on this season. The Illinois defense is just mean. They take the ball from you, and they just laugh at you. They have 16 interceptions on the season in nine games and 21 turnovers. They have forced so far in total. On not the other not side great of the ball, for Purdue. Not great for Purdue. No, no, it is not. Not as of late. On the other side of the ball, Chase Brown has looked like a Heisman candidate. He is currently rushing for 1,344 yards on the season averaging 5.2 yards a carry and eight total touchdowns. That is so many so, yards. So many yards. It's, it, it feels like your typical Wisconsin game Yeah, against Purdue. And <laughs> which, which, as you know, as a Purdue fan, not generally great for Purdue. No, it is not, especially not on the road. Yeah, right. So, so uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, continue. I, I, I feel like the more you tell me, the more depressed I get. But, I, you know, we, we got to talk about it. I mean, there's nothing like beating a dead horse. (laughs) For this team, however, unlike normal Big Ten West, they actually have an efficient quarterback. They plucked him from Syracuse. Tommy DeVito is currently throwing for over 1,800 yards, a 71% completion clip, 14 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. Yeah, that's, that's an efficient quarterback right there. Yep, and he can move the ball on both through the air and on the ground if need be and it just they are in they aren't scoring as much as you'd expect with just the pure stats yeah the numbers sound really good yeah they put up about 24 points a game which is not as not as touted as you'd think coming from just these two players but their passing attack has been really spread they don't have a player that can beat you every single play they don't they don't 
do as much through the air as you'd expect, despite the high yardage. And overall, they just wear you down and let their defense take care of business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their their defense allows just, I believe, 10.4 points per game, which is tops in the nation. And Purdue just went up against an Iowa defense that is, you know, I think they were top five at the time, uh, maybe, a, maybe a little lower, but it was around there. And now we're going against the number one scoring defense that only allows 10.4 points. And that does not give me, um, not, that doesn't give me hope for what this Purdue offense offense can do as they could only muster three against Iowa. And even if you consider that these two defenses are on par, you wonder if Purdue can keep up with an Illinois team, even if they only score 24 points or even half of that. Right. It's, uh, it's not looking good. Yeah. And this is coming from, a Purdue offense that has just looked lost in the last couple games. Aiden O'Connell does not look right. We can speculate whether or not that's still the rib injury lingering or just having an inefficient season. But at quarterback, team is having some serious problems. And then you factor that into an offense that sometimes the play calling isn't the best. Mm-hmm. So they need to have some real changes this week in order to have a shot at this team, but you can only do so much. I think the biggest key is to spread the ball a bit more. You can't just rely on Aiden O'Connell throwing to Charlie Jones, Charlie Jones, Charlie Jones, and then Payne Durham. You're right, You need those secondary receivers, and you need them to have some sort of impact to if nothing else, take away the spotlight on Jones and Durham. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, I mean, the Illinois defense, they run a lot of cover one um, because they've got Sidney Brown in the backfield kind of going after balls. Um, you know, I think he, he's got four interceptions on the season. And that means a lot of the Purdue wide receivers are going to be in single coverage. And is there anybody other than Charlie Jones that can beat these Illinois athletes at corner and get available and get open for AOC to find them. And I just don't know uh, who that could be. Um, maybe Maccabee coming out of, you know, the backfield on a wheel route or something will be matched up with a linebacker. Maybe he could beat the linebacker. But, um, you know, Illinois puts great trust in their corners and, and the, you know, their defensive line to get pressure to not force their corners to, you know, be back there covering for five, six seconds. So it's going to be a real test of the Purdue uh, passing game to see if, as you said, AOC can not only not focus only on Charlie Jones, but if the wide receivers can even get open so that AOC can find anyone other than Charlie Jones. It's, uh, I mean, it looks like a daunting task right now. I mean, even though this is the same Illinois team that lost to Michigan State, who just really is not very good this year, and they lost to IU to start the season. And you know, even with those two things happening, I still don't have confidence that this Purdue team can go into Champaign and find a way to win. But what has Jeff Brom done numerous times? You know, he's he's gotten his team down in games where we all believe he should have won, where he, you know, they pull a pull a loss from the jaws of victory and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden goes into the next game and shocks everybody. So I 
nothing would surprise me about this game. I, I just don't know. I don't know anything about this Purdue team anymore, I feel like. If nothing else, at least it should be a sunshiny day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Way to aim so for the lowest. we can't blame a bad weather game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it starts to rain, Purdue is in a whole heap of trouble for just yet another reason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, any anytime the weather is slightly bad, a Jeff Brom coach team is not going to do uh, very well. Um, I mean, is there anything else about Illinois we need to know? Any any players that jump out? So the three that I had focused on in my preview are the three-headed monster that is the Illinois secondary in mm-hmm. Sidney Brown, Jartavius Martin, and Kendall Smith, who those three combined have 11 interceptions. Oh, my. As you said, they put a lot of faith in their secondary, and they come up big. So it's going to take a lot of prep, and you only have one week to do it, to find find routes that can get past these cornerbacks. And even if that happens, they still have the ability to make up any sort of error that may be thrown. And last week, Aiden O'Connell showed he can throw the ball and it can be offline. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, as as accurate as we saw him earlier in the year, um, you know, especially against Nebraska, he, he has been just as inaccurate or just as bad against teams uh, of the last two games, Wisconsin and Iowa. As we said, he's got five interceptions these last two games, and you go against now a, an Illinois defense that is known for takeaways, and it just spells trouble in my mind. So. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do we think is going to happen? Great things. <laughs> I have this game at 31-17, Illinois. Okay. Um, you know, I I had to uh, send my prediction early because I did a Q&A with the Champagne Room, the uh, Illinois Sports, Play, Sports Nation blog, so I got to look up what I said to them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the, the exact score. Um, okay, I... I Apparently at this point, when I was drafting these answers, I had a little more faith in the Purdue offense, but I tried to, you know, have integrity and only put one guess out there. So I'm going to stick with it. Um, I'm going Illinois 35, Purdue 14. So I I think Purdue can find a way to score, but just not enough. Yeah. Um, So what do you think Charlie Jones will do in this game? Against these cornerbacks. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but again, Aiden O'Connell looks to no one else, it seems, that I was a little undersold last week. So this week, I'm going to go with 10 receptions for 85 yards and one touchdown. Okay, you. I, I wrote mine down before I asked the question, and you, we are pretty close. I have nine receptions for 72 yards and one touchdown. Um, okay. So he's... He's getting one of my two touchdowns, and I assume uh, Maccabee might get the other one or Durham because those seem to be the only players for Purdue that really find the end zone of late. So mm-hmm. um, there you go, folks. Ryan and I not too optimistic about this game at Illinois. You know, it being at Illinois is not really a, a thing that terrifies me because it's not as if you're that's known as a really hostile place to play, but it's just the fact that this Illinois defense is so darn good and couple that with the the poor play of the Purdue offense of late, and I I just I don't think Purdue has enough in him, and I think this is going to knock Purdue down to five and five on the year, and it's really going to put uh, this team 
under a lot of pressure for the final two games against Northwestern and IU. Yep, and judging by the way those two teams have looked, nothing is a gimme this year. Uh, Northwestern last week held a seemingly invincible Ohio State in check, and Illinois, or not Illinois, IU, the other IU, can sometimes play better than what the record shows yeah yeah who knows yeah uh man it's plus it's a rivalry game exactly guaranteed yeah yeah it's just so so wild that we went from thinking this could be a really great year for purdue football to now just kind of hoping that we can hang on and and win seven games so all right well now that i'm thoroughly depressed let's get out of here we'll watch a basketball game tomorrow against austin pa uh that will hopefully give us a little bit of joy so Uh, For Ryan and myself, thanks everybody for listening. Boiler up. Hammer down.